We've been waiting far too long, but we are back with baseball season. It's opening day. Chad, the Mark, and Mr. Brown are going to be watching the Reds and Braves play tonight, but Mr. Brown took some time out of his day to represent We Don't Know Sports and America's pastime, the love of baseball. Find the group on Facebook, but it's time for a no-filter segment, Atlanta Braves edition. What is up? We don't know Sports Nation. Now is the time that we ask fans all across the world to take off the filter, rip off the Band-Aid, and tell everyone exactly what is on their mind. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for No Filter. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, this segment of uh, No Filter is all Braves fans today, and uh, we did it last year. We had three fans on on opening day, so... Baseball's full of superstitions, so we've got to run it back. We've got to have a show on opening day because we're going to be the first team in that last 20 years or so to run it back. As that's my expectation. we got to say that. We're Braves fans. So let's get rolling. We're going to meet the panel here. Up top to my uh, right here is Chris Hayes. He's the ad- main admin for Braves Support Group. Last year we had Jerry Allman represent the group, and he did a nice job. So uh, he couldn't make it today, so I invited Chris. So how you doing, brother? Doing well, man. How about you? Doing great. It's uh, I'm I'm waiting wait, waiting patiently for this Reds game. That's right, man. Looking forward to it. We like I said off the air, we got Richard M. Uh, you want to tell us how to say that last name? Massagic. Massagic. So say massage and put an ick at the end. That that's not as bad as I would have thought it would have been. So that makes it a lot easier. All it's right. It's not so, too bad. Richard is the admin for Atlanta Braves dugout, and he's also affiliated with Atlanta Braves podcast group. And he helps me a lot in my America's pastime group. We talk about every day on uh, history of the game, all decade teams, players and their place in history. So I appreciate your support and uh, I'm going to keep harassing you in the near future. Okay. (laughs) No problem. I love it. All right. And the veteran of the group, Jordan Poole, he's joining us for the third time. Uh, He was on here last year on opening day as well. And he is the co-creator of Chop Champions Facebook group. And he's also a writer for the Braves Tama blog. How you doing, Jordan? What is up, my man? Yeah, I, I enjoyed being with you guys uh, twice last year. And I remember being on here and joining you. And one of the questions was, what's the key to the Braves season? And it was the bullpen. I remember I said that. And wouldn't you know it, you know, in my mind, that's what won us a title. So, I'm happy to be back with you again, man. This will be fun. The night shift, baby. The night shift. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, I'm going to show you my beverage of choice here in my World Series mug. You know, you get that. I was at game four last year, so I like to brag about that. It was the greatest experience of my life besides getting married and having my two children. But it's right up there. So we're at unforeseen chartered waters here with us because – First time since 1995, we're world champs, and we've got a whole year to talk about it. There's nothing no one can say about it. Like I said, we're superstitious as baseball fans. we got to run back a show today, but it feels good. Uh, telling you what, the World Series game was amazing. I kept telling my wife, if they ever go, I've got to go. I don't care what the price was. Sat in second row, left field bleachers, two grand later for two tickets, but I wouldn't trade it for nothing. I'm telling you right now. So I'll start with you, Chris. What was your biggest takeaway of last year's season? Um, and what do you feel like made it come together for us to be where we are today? 
I think there's a couple of key things. I think number one, um, you know, starting the season, I think we were one of the favorites, really. And then just injury after injury and issues started coming along. I think once the CUNY injury hit, it just felt like I kind of felt like we were going to eventually hit that over that hump and be fine. And then when the CUNY went down, it was like, what do we do now? And then I think that's the key with Anthopolis. Um, I think number one, just finding not just any guys, but the right fit. And if you hear him talk about culture and about stuff, he used to be a guy that just spotted the best player that he could. And I think he's realized now it matters not just the talent, but the fit. And he brought in three guys. We were, we were playing, what, how many games with Arcia and Heredia and, uh, you know, whoever else in the outfield. Um, and so just to be able to go out and get those four guys, uh, we, we started seven different catchers last year. And so it was just, he was finding the right guys that had a good fit in the clubhouse. And I think that just, just keeping things alive, those guys believed in themselves, eventually got over that hump. And then it was just, you know, I tell everybody all the time, it's all about getting in the tournament. Once you get in, whoever's the hottest team is going to win. It's always the best, the most talented team. And they got hot at the right time. Uh, look at Will Smith. He kind of had up and down here. He got hot about the last two or three weeks of September and just rode that puppy to the end. And same with Matt, he had up and down. Luke Jackson was probably our most consistent guy. So I think it's just a combination of all those things happening together that really led to that ultimate victory. The best nickname on Twitter, Tyler Nutsack Matzik, right? Ain't that what, is that his real handle or is that somebody making that up? I don't I know. That's his real handle. All right, Richard, what do you want to add to that? What's your biggest takeaway? I think the, the biggest moment last year had to be the Jock Peterson trade, it, it signaled to the rest of the team that they weren't giving up, um, that they wanted the ownership and the uh, management wanted to compete, continue to compete. They weren't just going to throw it in just because, just because Acuna went down. And uh, it seemed to really take off from there. And of course, like Jordan was saying, that, that bullpen was lights out and really the reason they won last year. And he had that swagger, man. He's been in those big moments. So, like, there was nothing that he was scared of. He didn't care going going against the big bad Dodgers, who he'd already forced to the brink without him. And the dude ain't scared of nothing. Like, he's just like, I'm going to go out and play ball. You know what I mean? So, I love that fact. And they just gave away these pearls at the World Series, and it was amazing. But, like, he brought it. I'm not afraid to admit, I when that trade happened, I was like, that's not no big deal. It's not going to really help the team any. He's you know, he's a decent player, but he, he, you're not replacing Acuna with him. But like you said, that swagger he brought in and that that attitude that he brought really helped lift the team up and, and start that run. Uh, anything you want to add, Jordan? Uh, you said biggest takeaways. I think what these guys have echoed is being active at the trade deadline for a team that was under 500. It kind of woke the fan base up to, hey, we're not giving up on this team. You guys don't give up on this team. And um, it, it just felt like from that injury on, something lit a fire under those guys. Um, we we saw a bona fide star in Austin Riley uh, come out of his shell. We saw um, Freddie Freeman playing as good as he ever has. And I know that name is kind of cliche around here now, but he carried us the second half of the year. Riley was an MVP guy. The offense was clicking. The defense was incredible in that bullpen. 
um, it's unbelievable. So everything had to go right and it did. And we got a lot of gear because of it. And I spent a lot of money because of it. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you put me to shame, man. You're like, you show me all the swag you got. And I'm just like, I spent too much damn money on the tickets. I, I, I got a newspaper. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> well, I didn't get to go to the game. So yeah, I, I kind of spoiled myself on, uh, on stuff. Uh, post post World Series. So so for me, my biggest takeaway is the fact that Ronald Acuna goes down. We're like, are we dead in the water? Like Soroka, probably supposed to be our best pitcher on paper for a few years now, stuff wise. He goes down again, and then we're like Travis or Travis Darno, who was out forever. But then he goes out. AA goes out and gets not one, not two, but three pieces to replace Acuna. So. They all gelled with the team. You had Jock Peterson carried us in the divisional series versus the Brewers. You had Rosario carry us against the uh, Dodgers. And then you had Soler hit moonshots. It hasn't even landed yet in the World Series against the Astros. So all three pieces are the reason we won it all. And it, it was amazing. I, I can't even tell you that if Acuna would have stayed healthy, we can't say we'd be where we are right now. It just it all fell into place. I'll say this yeah, about right. Acuna. Though. Sorry to catch off. The, the Braves that won the World Series without Acuna last year, though, if it wasn't for him, they aren't in a position to buy at the deadline. He single-handedly kept the Braves in the race within a few games. And so uh, I think that gets overlooked a lot. I mean, he was the best player in baseball. He was going to be the MVP if he didn't get hurt. And so, but it's, so it's kind of unique that with his going down, you know, but the fact that he kept us in that race long enough because there was, a lot of talk about settling. There's a lot of talk about trading Freeman, all these different things. If we're not within four or five games, we don't become buyers. I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. So, Jordan, you brought this up briefly, and I know it's the Freddie Freeman, but we're going to talk about it for a second. I'm going to lead this question for you. And, Richard, uh, Chris, you all can chime in when he's done if you got anything to add. But we got uh, Freeman versus Olsen. All right, so – one, how do you feel about us going in the direction of Olsen? And two, who will put up better numbers this year? Yeah, that was a very tough time uh, for Braves fans because if you'll remember, we we traded for Olsen before Freddie signed. So no one saw that coming. Well, I'm not going to say no one, but a lot of us did not see that coming. We figured we'd either sign Freddie or he would sign with the Dodgers, and then we would have to kind of respond to that. But the fact that they traded for Olsen prior to Freddie signing signaled, nah, we're going in a different direction. Um, how do I feel? I'm a five fan. So um if, if I could have any guy at first base for the Braves in 2022, to me, it would be Freddie Freeman. That obviously didn't happen. Um, and, and if you said, well, you're, you're left with Matt Olson as your guy for the next eight years. Well, I might be sad on the outside, but I'm happy on the inside. Um, because what an incredible player he's from Atlanta. Uh, even he, for all intents and purposes appears to be a great guy. And, um, you know, I, I'm thrilled to death to have him. He's a power-hitting left-handed guy, just like Freeman. Then you ask who's going to have a better season. Uh, I'm going to say in 2022, Freddie Freeman had the better season. Um, but I, I think, you know, 
Matt's coming over, big shoes to fill. Meanwhile, Freddie's going over, sliding into on paper the best offense I've ever seen. So uh, I don't I don't think Olson will have bad numbers. I just think Freddie has a better year. Either you guys have got anything to add? I I would say uh, it was tough losing Freddie. I think the biggest problem with that was the lockout. It really hurt the negotiations with Freddie. Um, and then when it ended, the Braves had to do something. You know, they had to make a move. The, seat, the spring training was starting. And it, to me, it seemed like Freddie or his agent, they wanted that long, drawn-out process that, you, that he deserved as a free agent to see what he could get. But this year, you couldn't do that. And, and they had to make a move and they, they did it. It was unfortunate. They got a good player, you know, as of who was going to have a better season. I don't know if, if it's going to be that much different, really. Freddie hits higher average, gets on base more. Um, Olsen will probably hit more bombs. Um, he's a better fielder. Not that that matters that much at first, really, but I think it's going to be pretty equal. Um, it will have a lot of stress trying to replace Freddie Freeman. Uh, fans were going to get, I already saw some post people saying, I'm not impressed with Matt Olson. I'm like, man, he, it's spring training. He has, hasn't even started yet. Let him like, play a game first. Hit homers everywhere. <laughs> it's like, so I think it would be pretty close, but I think Jordan could be right. The fact that Freddie is, has no pressure hitting in that lineup. So it, it should be, should be interesting and good. Your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I, I mean, like Jordan, I'm a huge Freddie guy. I'm, I'm listening. He was been one of my favorite players. Um, I think the one thing I've been telling people is we didn't we didn't get Olsen to replace Freeman. We got Olsen to replace Rizzo or worse. He, if we don't get Olsen at that point, then the drop off is significant. And so the work that Adopos did is just hard to even describe. Uh, we're we're going to miss Freddie because just you can't replace guys like that as far as what they mean to the city and the team. Um, I think. I think if COVID hadn't hit, he would have been extended a year or two ago, and we're, we're having a different conversation. But that happened. They lost hundreds of millions of dollars like every team did. So you couldn't just throw out, you know, seven, eight-year extensions at that point. And then, you know, stuff happened. So it's – look, Glavin finishes – you know, Glavin went somewhere else. Smoltz finishes career somewhere else. Um, you know, McCann was gone and came back. Uh, out, you know, Hank Aaron, Dale Murphy. So if you look at all these legends, other than Chipper, there's very few that last. Uh, there's not a lot of Chippers or Jeters or Moran or Rivera's out there. As far as numbers go, I, I agree with Jordan. I think it's going to be very close, but I think Freddie probably has a little bit better numbers overall. Ultimately, more homers than RBIs. But if you, ask, if you have to me to take one guy the next six years over Freddie's contract, I'll take Olsen's production over his next six years over Freddie. He's five years younger. He's going to not hit the top house. He's going to be hitting balls over the top house out to the battery. Um, he's a tremendous human being too. He's already got a lot of things in the community here that he's been working on. And so I'm just, I'm happy for him. I think it's a great fit. He was going to be roommates with Dansby at Vanderbilt until he got drafted in the first round. So he already has that connection too. So I think he'll fit in just fine with the club. 
you got to think too. He played in that spacious ballpark out in Oakland, and he had 39 bombs on the season last year. I believe 39 bombs. But how many of those shots would he have hit last year that probably would have landed out there in the, the chop house in Atlanta? So I feel like he's definitely got 40 home run potential. And that's saying, I mean, I'm 45 probably, but I'm excited. I feel like it's the next best scenario. Obviously, Freeman's right here. Yeah, how can he not be? But if we're going to fall down, that's the best place to stand back up is right there with him, in my opinion. But great. I'll root for five the rest of his career, no doubt. Hey, Richard, I'll let you lead this one, Richard. Um, so kind of a surprise, really, because Will Smith, you know, he did do his thing, but then. He was a bend, don't break kind of a closer, not your traditional style closer. We went out and uh, signed Kenley Jansen, um, which was kind of a surprise. And so, or one, or this is a two-part question. Are you are you a fan of the Kenley Jansen signing? And we just got news about Luke Jackson. I know a lot of people have mixed reactions and opinions of Luke Jackson. He's probably out for the year, last I heard. So, one. Do you like the Jansen signing and who steps up for Luke Jackson? Because he would take the ball whenever you give it to him. So there is innings there that has to be eaten up. So what are your thoughts on that? I I like the the Kenley signing. It's one year. Um, I know it's sixteen million, but it's still one year. If it doesn't work out, you don't, you know you only got him on the hook for one year. Um, he he bounced back last year. He had some good numbers. Uh, the thing that worries me is his strikeout to walk ratio was his worst ever. Um, hopefully he can get a little bit back towards, uh, you know, five instead of two and a half, you know, um, I think he's a good player. Uh, I personally wish that the Braves would have a closer by committee, whoever, you know, the, whoever's best for that scenario. And instead of just plugging one guy in there, but snits old school, he's going to put, Kenley as the closer until he can't do it. You know, he says he, you know, isn't getting it done, but um, Smith did good last year. He had his ups and downs, but uh, he did good. But I think the Kenley trade is uh, uh, signing was, was, was a good one. Uh, I'm bummed about Luke Jackson. I like Luke. Um, his peripherals the last couple of years showed that he was a better pitcher than what his numbers were showing. And last year he, he seemed to put it all together and uh, had a really good season, and uh, and then this happens. I'm, I'm pretty bummed. Um, I think the the signing of Colin McHugh was, is huge, um, especially now. I think it's gonna it's gonna help. Uh, he he can go multiple innings. He can pitch wherever they they want to put him. I think he'll be the the guy. And then when and I think August Kirby Yates is supposed to be back, and I think that will help too down the stretch. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I like the Jansen signing. He's from Curacao. He grew up a Braves fan, so I think he's kind of re-energized. I think he fits in really good with our young uh, Latin core of guys. Um, he'll fit right in. I, I love Will Smith's response. I love that Anthopolis went to him and asked him about it. I think it's actually a better situation now because you legitimately have five closers now, four or five closers now to finish off the game. Uh, I think the Colin Q signing might end up being the best signing we did in the offseason. I'm a little biased because he went to my alma mater at uh, Barry College. Uh, but uh, he's been the best relief pitcher in baseball since 2018 uh, after being converted from a starter. I think he's sneaky, underrated. He's going to be like the guy that they throw out there, like, kind of like Matzik, just in a tough situation. He's not going to be you know, moved by it. Then you throw on guys like Tyler Thornburg, who's 
back healthy again and throws a million. Spencer Schrider is probably going to have a big uh, spot in this pen, at, at least for a while. They, I might uh, love the shirt. They might send him back down to start. But, um, you know, this, this pin is not only just the, the best I've seen the Braves have at the back end in a long time, probably since the Gilbert Roll days. Remember those guys? Um, but this is the deepest pin I can remember I've ever had. I mean, we're not throwing out, you know, um, Toblin anymore, or um, I don't think Newcomb's the worst guy on there now, and he's not going to be here long, I don't think. Uh, and so you got O'Day back, and he's been really solid. They're just so deep. We get a lead after five. Braves not losing the game this year. Anything to add there, Jordan? I think they covered it, but what do you got? I mean, praise your guy, at least. What you got on your shirt? Yeah, man. Um, man, they're, they were throwing out some knowledge on names there. Um, yeah, I am, if you can't see, I am repping my guy, Spencer Strider, uh, the stash. Uh, he's my guy. I was a big fan of his. I'm an ACC baseball guy. Uh, he, he played at Clemson, and I uh, was a fan of his when we drafted him. Uh, we might get to it later, but that 2020 draft uh, produced Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder in rounds four and five, and that's not even including uh, Jared Schuster, number one, and um, the guy who's the, the the fifth of his fifth of his name, the Game of Thrones guy. Um, I'm he's drawing a blank on his name right now, but he's from Michigan. But um, yeah, I, I think Strider. I like him as a starter. Um, He's not really needed as a starter right now, so I do think he can help out of the pen. Uh, maybe he does take the Luke Jackson place as that righty. Uh, we also acquired Jay Jackson from San Francisco. He had a good year for the Giants last year. They were in a playoff chase, so you know, look for him. He's hurt right now, but look for him later in the year. And uh, the the unheralded of all of them to me is Darren O'Day, um, who was just mentioned as well, who was great last time he was with Atlanta and now he's back. So, um, yeah, it's tough to lose Luke Jackson. He's a good clubhouse guy. He's a fan favorite. I'd be remiss if I didn't throw a shout out for my buddy, Kenny Matthews, who might be the number one Luke Jackson fan in this world. Um, but Luke's a good guy. And, and I think he's, I think this is his last year under contract. So hopefully he's back with the Braves in 2023. But, um, that was the second part. The, the, the other part, yes, Kenley Jansen, how can you not like it? One-year deal, um, the, probably the best closer in baseball for the last 10 to 15 years. Um, yeah, has a winning culture, won a World Series, closed in some big games. And while Will, Will Smith was dominant in the playoffs, the one person on our team last year that drove everyone nuts the most during the season was Will Smith. And – you, yes, he was great in the postseason, didn't allow a run, but you need a guy. And, and I'm just, I don't like left-handed closers. I, I just, I know Josh Hader's great. Billy Wagner is great, but I'm just not a fan of left-handed closers. So it's nice to know that they're there. Smith can close the game if we got three lefties, but um, I still have nightmares of those game-winning home runs that he gave up last year. So I'll ride with Kenley Jansen every day of the week. So, Jordan, you brought up the fact that Spencer Strider, you love the fact that you would like to see him in a starting rotation. It leads me into my next question. So, we're talking about, you know, and right, four and five potential starters on paper. You know, uh, he did really well last year until he broke his hand when he was mad and punched uh, his hand, was out for a while. He's even more pissed off the fact that 
there's no D eight. There's a DH this year. So he can't come up to the plate and hit grand slams. But so my question is, do you feel like those guys will stand in four or five spots? And do you think they'll perform? Or do you think someone like a Strider will come in and take over a spot? Like to me, Kyle Wright's came up big in spots, but he, we haven't seen the consistency yet. So is this the year? It's got to be, I think, for, for Kyle Wright, I think it's got to be the year. Um, we've seen guys like Br- Bryce Wilson's gone, but you had guys like Bryce Wilson, Kyle Wright. Uh, now you've got Kyle Muller. You've got Tucker Davidson. Uh, you've got Bryce Elder, who I just mentioned a minute ago. A lot of people want to see him right now pitching in the major league. And then you've got Spencer Strider, who was nothing but a starter last year through three or four levels. Um, all the way up through Gwinnett. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of give a cheat out answer. I'm gonna say one of those two uh, stays locked in as a starter. I don't know who it's gonna be. Uh, I thought Kyle Wright pitched well in the playoffs. I thought he pitched well in the World Series, and he has some filthy stuff. Uh, he just has to put it all together, and I'm hoping that this is the year for Kyle Wright. Richard, do you, you have a good feeling about one or the other, or do you feel better about one? I, I, I don't feel good about right. I'd love to see him pull it together, but we're basing, you know, this on a couple good starts in the playoffs, which was big, was huge. But, you know, other than that, you know, we don't have a good track record with him at all. Uh, I'd love to see him pull it together though. He seems like a, he, he'd be a really good pitcher. You know, uh, I, I think by the end of the year, he's going to be in the bullpen. Um, I think he's a good pitcher, but I think he needs another pitch to be a, a long-term starter. I'd like to see Spencer Strider in the, in the rotation. Um, and I, I, I like Tucker. I, uh, I think uh, Tucker Davidson's going to be the guy this year uh, if he stays healthy. Uh, I'm worried about the rotation myself, honestly. Uh, top three, pretty good. Uh, I, I think they need one more veteran to really an- help anchor that rotation then have a mix at four, uh, five, and six, you know. But All right, Chris. I'm not getting a very good uh, feeling here on our current situation, so please give me a glimpse of hope. Tell me these two guys are wrong. What can we expect from our four and five? I look at it this way. Well, you know, you know, it was probably going to start the offer again last year before he went and was an idiot and punched the wall. Um, I'm not as high on him. I think he's a little bit. He kind of he gets in the groove and he can he can be really good for a while. Um, I, I need to see him this year. I'm a little higher on right. I saw something change in Kyle Wright last year. Um, he made some tweaks to his mechanics, which were really helpful for him. And he just I hate to use this term because it's not necessarily like a analytical term, but he had a much different look about him when he returned last year. And I saw that in spring training. It's a confidence that wasn't there before. And so I'm, I, I think he's going to be a mainstay. I, I don't know that he's going to be a, a young candidate, but for a fourth starter, I think he's going to be pretty solid. Uh, honestly, I think, I just think Anoa is probably going to get beat out. I think you got Strider, Tucker Davidson. I'm big on Kyle Muller. I think his stuff's unbelievable. And I think as long as he doesn't go the Newcomb route and forget how to throw strike, uh, I think he's going to be just unbelievable. And you got Dylan Lee down there. Uh, I mean, they're just they're just better guys. And of course, Mr. Strider, I'm high on. And I just I can't wait to see him pitch. I just I think at some point, they're one of those guys is going to force their way into that. 
and let's not forget about Mike Soroka. Um, I'm not counting on him, but that dude's a gamer. He's an ace. If he's anything at all, he, like if he's 80% of what he was, it's like getting an ace at the deadline, and he's expected June, maybe July. So, you know, I think he could hold on for a while, but if nothing else, we have the money and the prospect to go get a guy, and I expect that's probably going to happen with the deadline no matter what. All right, so I was going to touch on Soroka, but we're running tight on time. So real quick, and I will go around the horn. Jordan, do we run with what we got between now and the and the farm, or do we go out and get a veteran? In your opinion, real quick. Uh, I don't think AA is done making moves. I think uh, if you had to make me pick, I'd say we make a trade for a veteran. Trade or no trade, Richard? Uh, I think trade. I think they're going to bring somebody in. Across the board, Chris, what do you think? I'm going to go the other direction. I think we stay in the house until around June. I think we give these guys a couple months, and then closer to the trade deadline, I think we make a big splash and get a young, controllable front-end starter to go with these guys. Oh, that'd be injury, of course. That would be amazing. I like hearing I like that better. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we'll start with you, Richard. So NL East predictions, if you'd have told me a month ago, I'd have said – Braves, Mets, and then everyone else. But a lot of things have changed with the Mets. The rotation's getting old by the second. So give me your NLE standings in order real quick. I would go Braves, Phillies, Mets, Marlins, Nationals. Jordan, what you got? Braves, Marlins, Mets, Phillies, Nationals. Did they make it legal down there? Are you in North Carolina? I mean, what are you doing? (laughs) Man, those pitchers are elite. When when is Sixto going to start? Is he even in the rotation? I don't know if he is or not, but I know it's uh, Sandy Alcantara. I want nothing of. I'm sorry, I hurt. I, I lost you after Marlins. So I don't remember what you said. So, Chris, what do you got? <laughs> Take us home. I got the same with Richard. I think the I think the Phillies. Um, it, it's all the Mets fix their culture. I can't believe in them. I think they finished third. I think they get hurt. Phillies will be in it, and then they'll they're both in the defense will kick them out of it. Braves won the division by five or six games. Okay, all right. Marlins okay. and Nationals. Marlins and then that. See, I I think the Marlins is fourth, but we'll see. Jordan, listen, if you're right, you're right. I, I'll eat crow all day long, buddy. We'll bring you on again. I already told you I would, so don't don't get all sensitive on me. I'll let I, you slide. I think the Marlins will be in it until late. Uh, I'm outnumbered. Right. <laughs> All right, and, and uh, NLCS predictions, Jordan, first, who's the two teams? Braves, Dodgers. Anybody agree or disagree with that? What, what we got? Braves, Padres. Okay. Bob Melvin, the difference? Uh, yeah, and I think some healthy players, and the, I think their pitching is going to be a lot better this year. Chris? I, I got Braves, Dodgers. That's hard to see anybody else beating those two teams. I th- there's so much bad blood, and I don't know if it's true about Acuna and Freeman, and I don't even care because Freeman's not in the locker room anymore. I don't want to get into the people who aren't here. I want to talk about the people walking through that tunnel. So let's just focus on positive vibes here in the A. But World Series. All right, so who you got in the World Series, Richard? Uh, Braves over the Blue Jays. Ooh, I love the Blue Jays. What do you got, Jordan? I thought about the Blue Jays. I'm going to say Braves over White Sox. All right. La Russa, he's an old-school guy, and they're like, can it work with this young and upcoming team? And they showed it was going to work. Hopefully he adds to it this year. We'll see. What do you think, Chris? 
Yeah, I think the Blue Jays was a sexy pick, and that's kind of hit that goal for a while. That seems unreal to offense, but I actually, I think something will happen. I actually have players over White Sox as well. I, I hate to even say this, but I've got Dodgers beating the Blue Jays. That's my prediction. I'm sorry. I'm gonna hiss at you. Yeah, please. <laughs> I, I, I just always. If that I, happens, if that ahead. happens, I'll cheer for the Dodgers. Oh wow! No, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. All right. So, one last time, uh, each of you give uh, the fans listening where they can find you, what you're doing, real quick. Give yourself a quick plug, and then we're gonna wrap it up. So, Chris, go ahead, buddy. Um, I'm on social media at ch disciple. Uh, Brave Support Group is my main group, um, and you know, kind of higher intelligence discussions and some of the crazy groups. Not these guys; they have big groups, but uh, you know, we just we kind of try to take it to another level. Great games, Red, and we love our Braves. All right, Richard, where can we find you at, and what you up to? Uh, find us at the Atlanta Braves dugout uh, in face on Facebook group. It's uh group where you can say what you want and you don't have to worry about people trashing you and calling you names and and you know just you know be you 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 don't have to worry about being called a a jerk because you don't like uh the way a player's playing so it's a good place to be um uh, we get some other groups uh you get to the dugout though we'll we'll get you to the other groups all right jordan so um, I currently co-founded Chop Champions with one of my good friends, uh, the your, your everyone's favorite West Coast uh, admin, Mr. Amir Ali. Um, he's pretty well known in Atlanta already. He's living out in L.A. Uh, repping the Braves. So Amir and I just founded Chop Champions uh, about two months ago, and we're already over 3,000 followers and growing. I also write in my opinion, the best brave source of news on Facebook, Braves, Tama blog, Chet, Zach, uh, those guys, they, they brought me in and we're, we're really bringing good stuff there. Braves, Tama blog. All great stuff, guys. Gentlemen, I appreciate you guys coming on. We're less than an hour away from opening day against the Reds. You've dropped some great knowledge. And like I said before, I hope you share it into your groups and we'll do this again in the future, maybe around the all-star break if you guys are good. So uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Uh-huh. Hey, That's right. Chop on, brothers. <laughs>